so creativity is really at the heart of everything. It's not only the heart of the individuality of every every uh, student, uh, boy and girl, uh, which is just a wonderful uh, gift and talent to have, uh, but it's a necessity. It's a necessity. It not only gives life balance and, 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 and pleasure and excitement and passion to live, but it's it's creative people are, are the ones that are that are the entrepreneurs. They're the ones that are inventing. They're the ones that can see outside the box. This is Charisma Connection. I'm Chris Johnson, and today I have the privilege of speaking to Chad Robert Stewart of Devonfield. He has uh, many things in his bio that are very, very interesting, but today we'll be talking about children's books, creativity, and this new movement that is starting. He's based in San Diego, California, and Chad Stewart is the founder and CEO of Devonfield LLC. He's worked in the banking industry, but he has many, many interests, it seems. He has a Bachelor of Arts in British Literature and European History, and some of that came into play, I think, in this first book. He has an MBA from Boston College, and I believe he is pursuing a Master's and PhD. Is that not right, Chad? That is correct. And you are also an adjunct professor, right? I am, yes, at um, Point Loma Nazarene University. Okay. Beautiful campus there. I've been there one time. <laughs> it is. So we welcome you to Charisma Connection, but we'd like to talk about this first book that you have coming out, and I believe it's coming out in August, called uh, Britfield and the Lost Crown. This is a young adult adventure novel based on family, friendship, loyalty, and courage. So tell us all about how this got started. I understand it's part of a series. Yes, correct. It, this the whole book started about uh, 10 years ago, and Britain Lost Crown uh, is the first in a uh, actual seven-book series. Uh, the first book is right under 400 pages. Uh, it's, uh, our demographic is middle, to, middle school to young adult. Uh, it took me four years to write 2,500 hours, if you can imagine. Hmm. And uh, it just started as an idea uh, when I was in Boston over 10 years ago, and I actually did this kind of um, sketch <laughs> sitting there in this seminar, and I was kind of bored, and I started to sketch on my pad, and I made this little balloon and put a little basket and put a boy and a girl in it, and I called it the boy in the balloon, and I thought, huh, that would make a, an interesting story. And I just suddenly, I, I, I come from a background, I was in, in England for off and on for about two years, uh, as you had mentioned before, I, I was a British uh, literature major, uh, European history major. Uh, at Brown University, and and so I think that a lot of that uh, stuck with me. So that's kind of how the whole book sort of came together about 10 years ago, and then like I said, it took about four years to write 2,500 hours, and it was very interesting because I moved from, I'm actually originally from Newport Beach, California. I was back east in Wellesley, Massachusetts for about 16 years, which, wow, it's a long time, about half your life, right? And <laughs> uh, been back in San Diego for about 10, and so it was right around about the third draft of Britfield and Lost Crown, that I decided to reach out to schools and start to pilot it just to, just to test, test the, the book and test my audience, right? I mean, who else would you go with? So we contacted some public and private schools and connected with the teachers, and, and it was wonderful. I remember at one school, we had 35 manuscripts, and we had over uh, 200 volunteers from the students that wanted to do that, and that kind of, that kind of blew my mind because <laughs> it's like, you know, are, are they interested? Do they want something fun or, or different or extracurricular activity to do? And it's like they finally had to pick names out of a hat and 
uh, picked the 35 students. So it was incredible. So I went into the, the different schools. And what, what, how it worked is, is they got the manuscript for about uh, three weeks. And then whenever they were done with it, uh, they would turn it in, receive about a two-and-a-half-page survey, and then fill out the survey. And then I came in you know, a couple weeks later into the library and then in groups of maybe four or five at a time for about an hour, I did roundtables with the students, and it was absolutely amazing, and the feedback was priceless. We scored a 9.03 out of a scale of 1 to 10 across all demographics, and that was by the third draft, which is amazing, and then just obviously made, made some tweaks along the way. Uh, the feedback so far has been uh, overwhelming and uh, extremely positive from uh, students, from uh, reviews. We're scoring a 5.5. Uh, we just got our uh, Munster review, which is uh, sort of an online uh, kids forum and, and uh, kind of a prestigious young adult uh, uh, fiction uh, award and award in excellence. So it's just everything that's come back, five out of five stars, huge scores, comments. I mean, everyone from uh, seven-year-olds to uh, I think our oldest reader was 73 who read it in five hours. We've had 12-year-olds that have read the almost 400-page book in in five hours. So it's just it's 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 unprecedented. <laughs> so and then uh, we've we've launched a um, a national book tour. Uh, we're doing about 250 schools uh, within a year, and we've already done about 15 or 16 of the schools. And I come in, and this is what we can talk about with the creativity. But I come in, and usually within a, a sort of forum uh, presentation with the students, anywhere from 50 to 200 students. And uh, talk a little bit about Bridgefield Lost Crown, talk about, you know, uh, writing and things like that, but really push creativity and uh, give a really wonderful and engaging creativity presentation. And throughout the whole time, it's interactive, so I'm asking questions the entire time, and the kids are really engaged. And it's, it's amazing because it's usually at the end, it's only about 20, 30 minutes, usually at the end when I'm doing the official Q&A, we've got about 40 or 50 hands up, and then I have to stop after 20 minutes because we run out of time and there's still about 20 or 30 hands up. So we're really making impact and kids are really excited and engaged. The presentation is very dynamic, uh, interactive. We've got you know, 42 slides, uh, mostly just sort of, of, of pictures or examples of, of creativity in motion, creativity at work. Um, some wonderful uh, pictures of Britain, which comes from our Britfield.com website. And well, uh, even the cover is very attractive. You have a big Ben yeah. on the front. Oh yeah, I mean we're just we're, we're I, I've just been thrilled from day one with the with the with the front cover. It's I owe I owe that to um, Stephen Silver Silvertunes dot com. He's he's amazing artist and uh, I I connected with him I think five or six years ago and he he's worked for like DreamWorks and Disney. He just comes from this amazing background and I gave him sort of the concept the idea. I said you know balloon uh, over over Big Ben, you know stormy weather. It's it's just it's such a exciting engaging phenomenal front cover of the book and uh, what, what's what's great about that is that that uh, it, the book delivers you know sometimes you've got this great <laughs> cover and then people read the book and it's like eh. but it's just like it's what's so fun about Britfield is it just it just it just moves so fast I mean how do how do, how do 12 year olds read it in five hours I mean it's t truthfully I mean it's just stunning but well they can be voracious yeah. readers can they not yeah. I mean we found this out from uh, things like the Harry Potter series Correct. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So uh, this is the first book of, is it five books, and where will those books be set? Yeah, uh, exactly. Uh, great question. So, so it's, it's the first of uh, actually five to seven. Uh, we're thinking of potentially doing seven. So book one takes place in England. 
uh, Tom and Sarah are 12 in book one, and then book two takes place in France, and Tom and Sarah are 13. Book three takes place in Italy, and then they become 14. So they increase one age, you know, on every mm-hmm. book. And then uh, four, book four is kind of Eastern Europe, Russia. Book five is China. And then we're kind of playing with, with the ideas of book, book six and seven. It'd be nice to kind of bring it all the way back home uh, to the United States for book seven, and maybe Tom and Sarah are kind of 18 by that time. So, so that's exciting. And what's nice about the book, and I think if I were to ever pitch it to, if you will, you know, uh, homeschool groups or, or schools in general, parents, uh, moms, let's say, Britfield fires on three, three levels. Number one, it's a fast-paced adventure novel that's just exciting to read, and it, and, uh, it engages your, your, your children. Like I said, you know, you have 12, 12-year-olds reading it in five hours. I've had many parents come to me and say, you know, oh, my, my, my son, I'm sorry, but he just, you know, he doesn't read, or my daughter, she's just not a reader. And then all of a sudden, I'll give them a Britfield book, and a couple of days later, I'll get a picture, you know, that they, they've taken a text, and their, their child is just engaged in the book on page 100, laying on the couch. And so, so even for non-readers, there's something about it that just really pulls them in. Number two, it's really just based on uh, family values, you know, c- character, courage, friendship, loyalty, sacrifice, truth. So you have just all these wonderful principles. It's based in current time. There's no, there's no agenda. There's no um, fantasy, witchcraft, all this other kind of stuff that unfortunately is sort of overwhelming um, the market. And uh, number three, it's an educational book. It walks a child through um, British history, architecture, art, culture. We incorporate all of that. Geography, which is a huge topic. We've got five maps in the beginning of the book, which is really cool. Uh, and then there's our Britfield website, which is honestly just Britfield.com. Check it out. <laughs> it's mm-hmm. amazing. We had it done by Studio 98 uh, out of Florida. Um, I think I mentioned that to you right there in your, in your uh, state. Yes. And they did. They just, I mean, they, they raised the bar. They really did. They just delivered an incredible website. It's got over 400 pictures of Britain and over 100 pages of content. And the whole website was meant to be able to walk through the book visually. It's kind of one step removed from a film. So readers could be following through chapter one, chapter two. It's like I talk, it takes place or, or starts at uh, Weatherly Orphanage up in Yorkshire, which is northern England. And so, you know, for most, it's like, okay, what, what is that or what does it look like? And I have description, but all of a sudden to be able to go to the website, pull up actual pictures of castles that I, I mentioned, and uh, the Yorkshire landscape uh, is amazing. It's just, it makes it real, it's visual. So everything about the book, set aside from the narrative, is real. It's all real history. They're all real streets. Uh, you know, I've got huge maps that I had to pull out, making sure I was going the right way you know, on one-way streets. I mean, <laughs> we try to make it as accurate and grounded as possible. And I think that's what differentiates it from, from most books out there, especially when you start to get into the sort of supernatural aspect, because kids, kids can never really relate to that because um, uh, they don't have superpowers. They never will have superpowers. They can't fly. They don't, they, they don't, they don't, they're not, uh, you know, have mastered magic, you know what I mean? Uh, mm-hmm. Which they shouldn't to begin with. But needless to say, I mean, what's great is they can really relate to Tom and Sarah. Uh, yeah. So this has an underlying faith-based message or not? Oh, definitely. Definitely has an underlying message. Okay. And, and you are doing your school tour in public schools, Christian schools, private schools. It's all across the board? Oh, yeah. Uh, 
all across the board. It's been amazing. So, you know, we're based out of San Diego right now, so we're kind of rolling out of San Diego. Our official launch to the trades, and that trades meaning, you know, all retail, Barnes & Noble, uh, Amazon, etc., is in August. But we're, we, we've already soft-launched in, in April. So the book is available right now. What's kind of exciting about um, buying the book now is that it's really it's a first edition because it's uh, we did a first run of 5,000 books um, which is small but we just needed to test it you know hardcover softcover uh, and then our next run which we'll probably do in you know six weeks will probably be 10 or 20,000 so so now is the time to sort of get that first edition book because it'll be updated on our next run but uh, yeah so we're coming into schools it's across the board it's been amazing uh, you're looking at private public um, charter homeschool. Um, every every group, every di- every every um, um, demographic. I mean, I've been in a homeschool group of 20, which was just wonderful. Just really, really bright children and students, and in in a, a huge auditorium uh, with uh, over 200 uh, students. So it's just like it's like it's like you go know, from 20 to 200. Uh, but it's fun, and it doesn't matter to me. It's and, and it doesn't matter whether it's private or public. It doesn't matter where uh, in the country I am right now. We're we're doing uh, four schools in Las Vegas. I did a public school yesterday. I've got a, a private school today. We'll be kind of running through this model. We were in Reno about three weeks ago and did uh, six schools back to back, over a thousand students, almost a thousand students in total. And uh, we kind of we were kind of piloting um, a couple different, you know, uh, states or, or cities just to kind of see what it would come, be like to kind of come in there because we're going to be rolling out across the nation. So. It's been um, it's been amazing. It's just uh, the feedback and from the kids, from the teachers, from the schools. It's 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 been exciting. Now you are immersed in the education system, and I understand that one of the things that's driving you is to get rid of this cookie cutter mentality in the classroom. Could you speak to that? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, our our biggest drive and focus right now is is creativity and. Um, it's, People might often ask, like, okay, yeah, creativity, but why? Or, yeah, of course, we like our, our children to be creative. The best way I can do it is, is really to back it up in, in statistics and stats. But right now as a nation, the United States, we're in a creativity crisis, and we've been in a creativity crisis for 20 years. Um, uh, Dr. Kim, who's a professor and researcher at uh, William & Mary, has done some wonderful research on this for over two decades, and she wrote the book, The Creativity Crisis. And uh, she's just shown, you know, year by year, uh, children's creativity scores have been going, have been, have been in a massive decline every single year. I mean, she just shows charts, and it's just, a, it's a, it's a graph line just going straight down uh, at an angle in in ten different areas. And so, uh, so, so that's a real issue. Number two, um, um, there's another uh, researcher out there that's that that, that tested students uh, over 20 years, and it shows that you know five-year-olds are at like 98% creativity. Um, all of a sudden, at 10 years old, it drops down to 30%. At 15, it drops to 12%. So can you imagine that in, in 10 years, hmm. basically mostly from the educational system, you go from 98% creativity to 12%, and then by the age of 30, you're at about 2%. And so, so what we've seen you know, research-wise is, is a massive decline in creativity, and, and that's a huge issue. So why is that a huge issue? Well, World Economic Forum says that by 2020, creativity is one of the top three skills needed uh, in the workforce. Mm-hmm. Um, a survey done by IBM of 1,500 CEOs said that uh, the number one leadership quality of the future is creativity. Um, Adobe did a huge uh, research study and said that um, uh, creative applicants are preferred five to one, in, in, in most jobs. 
Um, and then on the other side of this, you, you sort of have this AI push, right? Everyone's, oh, technology and AI and stuff. And really, it's just they're, they're, Artificial they're intelligence. their Artificial mm-hmm. intelligence. Yeah, they're, they're digging their own grave. But, but because of that, because of that, that inevitable push of it, uh, 90% of all accounting jobs will be obsolete in the next five to 10 years. Mm-hmm. Um, 40 to 50% of all legal jobs, uh, 40 to 50% of all banking jobs, manufacturing jobs, all of this will be obsolete because of technology and AI. But the one thing that AI cannot replace is creativity. And so creativity is really at the heart of everything. It's not only the heart of the individuality of every, every uh, student, uh, boy and girl, uh, which is just a wonderful uh, gift and talent to have, uh, but it's a necessity. It's a necessity. It not only gives life balance and, 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 and pleasure and excitement, and passion to live, but it's, it's creative people are, are the ones that are, that are the entrepreneurs. They're the ones that are inventing. They're the ones that can see outside the box. They're the ones that, that can figure out problems. In fact, I know at some of these large tech companies, and I'll leave the names off, but um, they're actually looking for um, not only just creative applicants, but they're actually looking for applicants that have a musical background because music has this huge um, impact that for children that have played at least one to two instruments and can read music, they've shown uh, statistically, that they're, they're, they're better managers, uh, they can handle crises, they can think outside the box, they're better leaders. And so not necessarily putting on applications, you know, do you play a musical instrument? They're looking for that background and hiring them five to one, 10 to one. And, and yet the schools, like you said, this cookie cutter industrial model that's, that's 200 years old and doesn't work, it's not broken, it's shattered. Um, is really just dumbing down the American population, which is an insult uh, to all of us. And so we really need to put creativity back into the classroom. We really need to bring back the arts. And what's so great about it, and one of the things that I talk about in the presentation, is that creativity is not just about the arts. Creativity is in everything. Creativity is in mathematics and science and engineering. Creativity is in everything. Um, so you don't need to necessarily define creativity. Um, yeah. Yes, and you brought your creativity to this book, and I understand your perhaps going to ramp it up even more with movies. Could you tell us about movies that might come out of the Britfield movement? Yeah, we're really excited. We, we, we say that Britfield is more than a book. It's a movement. It's a movement in uh, education. It's a movement in creativity because we're really running across or coming across the nation with this, and then we'll go global next year, which is exciting, probably starting in Europe with our school and book tour. So we're doing 250 schools this year. Plus we also have a new program that we're, we're piloting right now and then launching probably next month, which is the um, Bridgefield Classroom Creativity Experience. And that's, way, that's where uh, teachers and schools can actually bring in sort of what I'm doing in the format with the schools, uh, but I can't f- physically get there. So it could be the small school in Iowa or you know the Midwest or uh, up, up north that I'll never get to, public or private. could be a classroom or the entire school, but we've get, we've put together a really fantastic package um, that we can deliver to them with, uh, you know, signed copies of the book, signed posters, T-shirt to give away. We've created the um, Creativity Kit, which is part of our Britfield Institute, which we can actually talk a little bit about. And uh, that has a lot of great creativity uh, quotes and exercises and games and things to do that, that really easy just for teachers to kind of bring it in to the classroom. And, um, and then if they, they sell like, uh, you know, 30, I think it's 25 or 30 books, so they could actually do a Zoom call with me for 45 minutes. So I thought that was kind of cool. <laughs> you know, so you have this, mm. you know, it could be up in North Dakota, the school that, you know, frankly, I just will never get to on my book tour because you can only get. So I think there's like 80, was it 89,000 schools that fit our demographic in the United States. And I'm going to get to 250 of them this year. So it's like, you know, how can you get to more? How can you impact more? 
Um, so it's kind of fun. But no, behind the whole thing, and it's interesting, I think 80%, 90% of the feedback uh, from Britfield across the board, not just with um, with our demographic or, or younger students, but even with adults, is that like it reads like a movie. And from day one, you know, we're excited about about doing the movies. So every book will be followed uh, by a major motion picture, and, and uh, oh, we're we're pretty we're pretty jazzed about it. We're we're excited. I mean, we're we're kind of in a, in a way kind of casting it, you know, in our mind. But uh, we'll probably launch. Uh, hopefully, everything will go well within two and a half to three years. Uh, we will be following, you know, Britfield and Lost Crown with a movie, and then um, actually, book two, just so you know, is actually already finished. Uh, it's called Britfield and the Rise of the Lion. It takes place in France. That's at 540 pages, if you can imagine. Finished that last year, and then uh, so you'll have that movie, and then onward with the series. I see. Okay. So you have uh, plenty of connections in the movie business being in California? Um, I do. We've got, we've got some great, wonderful people that um, we've worked with in the past um, on film projects and, and really great associations. So we could, we could already assemble, if you will, uh, a great team uh, mm-hmm. together to do this. And uh, it'll be interesting to see how it comes together and and whether we, we film in, in Britain, which would obviously, uh, you know, be our hopes. And as you know, with movies now, it's just like, you know, they can kind of be filmed anywhere. And then you just sort of have B-roll where, you know, you kind of do an opening shot in London. And then also you sort of see a street scene that could be anywhere. Mm-hmm. But some of this would be, it'd be, it'd be wonderful to have that authenticity, you know, um, of the British landscape and, and some of the places and stuff. So uh, it'll probably be a mixture of that, but, but uh, that'll be exciting. Okay. Well, tell us about Britfield Institute. Uh, what is the uh, scope of the institute? Yeah, what's 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 exciting about that is, and, and and this is really, if you will, kind of part of the movement. So on one hot and on one side, you really have you know Britfield Lost Crown, the publishing house, the launch of that book, um, but then also you're coming into schools. You're not just coming into schools as an author selling your book. Uh, which has been amazing. Um, we're averaging almost 40 to 50% um, sales, which is just off the charts and unheard of. So if you can imagine speaking in front of a group of, um, you know, 100 students, we're usually selling about 40 or 50 books. Um, and some, I think in the next couple of weeks, we'll exceed that to 60 to 70%. And that's sight unheard. Um, so it doesn't mean that we've been at this for two years and people have heard about Brifield because we're just now rolling out with the marketing. We've got uh, lots of different marketing campaigns, lots of uh, models and uh, triggers to pull and lots of national partnerships that we're forging right now with organizations that love what we're doing and are behind what we're doing. But I, I won't mention the names right now or yet. But, um, yeah, with the Institute, that's our nonprofit side. And so what's exciting is, is we really put that together. I've been working on the Institute for the last couple of years, really launched it um, in January, February of this year, to have sort of a nonprofit side uh, of this. And this is really to push and impact um, education and creativity and come into the classrooms and, and, t- and to the teachers. And so what we really started to do is we put together a list of uh, almost 100,000 teacher emails, which we've been uh, building and nurturing. And um, we actually launched the campaign starting back in April. And really all we were doing was just um, offering them free creativity gifts. And so our first creativity gift that was in the email, and it was a simple link that went right to the Institute website, was 54 downloadable creativity quotes. And behind it was like a really neat picture. So you might have a, a child with binoculars or, or you know, a team climbing up a mountain. They were just really neat pictures, and then you have the quote there, and the whole idea behind it was, I mean, everybody loves a great quote, and quotes are inspiring, and so making it simple for teachers that they could just click on the link um, and just, you know, go through and say, ooh, that's a great quote, print, 
and then put up in your classroom. And the second you do that, the second you print that out and put it in your classroom, you just change the entire dynamics of that classroom. That's how powerful creativity is. It's like children are starving for it, and I think teachers are too. But children are starving for that kind of creativity. You, you, you bring in, and then another gift that we gave away with our second email was uh, 31 um, uh, creative exercises to do in the class. And so really kind of simple things where you can just do an exercise. If they did it once a week, if they did it once a month, I guarantee you that will be the most, one of, if not the most, exciting uh, uh, aspect of that classroom that those kids will remember and look forward to because it's like they're, they're just starving and hungry for creativity. So if a teacher were to just do that and, 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 and um, bring that into the class, you know, it could be a Monday, it could be a Friday, and say, you know what, today we're going to take 20, 30 minutes, we're going to do a creativity exercise. Um, there's no going back from that. You've already changed the entire dynamics in that classroom, and you've already changed the entire dynamics within all those children, uh, and you've made an impact. You've made a difference, and so that's what we're after right now at the Institute, one teacher at a time, one student at a time, one, one, uh, one school at a time, um, and we've already got almost, within one month, we almost have 3,000 engaged teachers. That's unheard of. That's so, wonderful. You know, I mean, April 1st, none. You know, end, mm-hmm. end of April, almost 3,000. Oh, and, and we're only growing the list. We're only growing. Our, our goal is 20,000 engaged teachers by the end of the year. So Wonderful. Chad, I think you are meeting some needs in the classroom and beyond. Uh, it's going to help our country as well as uh, internationally, I think, as you move globally with your Britfield movement. Now, um, I see that uh, Devon Field is redefining the world. That's your motto. So uh, you are definitely a big thinker. How can people learn more about this book and about you as we wrap up here today? Sure, sure. Um, I I would highly recommend going to our website, Britfield.com. It's B-R-I-T-F-I-E-L-D, Britfield.com. Just check out the website. It's really, really cool. (laughs) It's exciting. I remember when we were doing a final review on it and I was having a couple of friends look at it. They're like, oh, my gosh, I've got to get to England because the, <laughs> the photos are stunning. We have uh, real-time maps on it, too, so kids can, can zoom in and zoom out, you know, the different locations that the book takes place. Uh, the book, you know, you can purchase the book on um, Brickfield.com. We have paperback, hardcover. We actually have our ebook, and I forgot to mention we actually already have our audio book. We had hired a phenomenal and talented British voice actor, um, Ian Russell, to, uh, mm. to do the audio. And uh, he did an amazing job and, and also did all the characters. <laughs> so oh, we already excellent. have the audio, which is amazing. I think in the next two to three weeks, uh, we'll have the audio um, uh, through Amazon. So right now it's through a separate link, but it's really, really fun and, uh, and cool to listen to. So, so again, too, it's, it's, you, know, you, can, you can buy the soft cover, hard cover. Some people, you know, love the ebook, you know, and, and you can do that. But what's kind of fun too is you can actually read the the softer hardcover, and then you can actually buy the audio, and then and, and then have a whole different dynamic to it. So there are many options, and I know down the pike you're going to be working with some Christian bookstores too. So that's fantastic. Well, we thank you very much today for being with us, Chad Stewart. Uh, the book is called Britfield and the Lost Crown by C. R. Stewart, and be sure to check out the website, Britfield.com. I'm Chris Johnson. Thanks for joining us for this chat on Britfield and the Lost Crown here on Charisma Connection. This has been a production of the Charisma Podcast Network. Steve and Joy Strang are the founders and owners of CPN. Dr. Steve Green is the executive producer of the Charisma Podcast Network. 
We intend to honor God with every podcast and remain thankful to our advertisers and supporters who make these podcasts possible.